Hey, Pepin. Yo, yo. I've, I've been thinking a lot about the podcast and different topics that we talk about. Really? Yeah. Do you, How do we come up with some of our ideas? Well, usually I consult my brain. My brain is the main operations of my thoughts. But every once in a while, when we don't really have any ideas, we consult the ever-growing, awesome search engine since that that time, uh, Google. Oh, Sir Google. We, we use Bing sometimes. I, I don't know why, but we use Bing. I tried to use Ask Jeeves, but he wasn't he wasn't available. Was he? So I, I <laughs> serving someone else. Why was he? Yeah, he was serving someone else. Ask Jeeves can only serve one person at a time. <laughs> okay. He He's only one man, Nathan. He can't multitask. He's literally just one guy at a computer <laughs> who Google's things when you search him. That that sounds. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, I think that'd be a great idea for us to consult Google on this one and see what comes up. Okay, Google, we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I'm here once again with my best friend, Nate. How's it going, Pepin? Yo, yo, what's up? Oh, you know, just Googling some stuff. So I Googled um, podcast topics, and I'm going to go with the first link because that's what you're supposed to do when you Google. And it's from Hectorpreneur, a take on entrepreneur, except Hector. Maybe the site was made by a guy named Hector? Who knows? And the title of the article is 100 Podcast Topics for Your Brand New Show. So he made 100. He says we can thank him later. Um, so I won't be... I won't thank him now, but maybe I'll give him a call later. Okay. Um, but it says to bookmark and share with friends. So I'll leave a... He gave me permission right here to share this page. So I will leave that in the description. Go ahead and check out the podcast topics. Maybe you'll get something for yourself. It says he actually wrote down over 300 ideas for his future episode, but he's taken a couple out of the list, probably the best ones, probably not, and given them to us. Yes. So it does say, please note, the letter X represents your overall podcast theme or idea. Whether you're talking about parenting, business, or weightlifting, this list will help you come out with 100 new episodes. So apparently, we're only allowed to think about parenting, business, or weightlifting. That's what podcasts are about. Which ones are about? Ours about? Have we ever done a podcast about children? Like or weightlifting? Yeah. Or children weightlifting for business? We should. That that's a good one right there. Let's do a children weightlifting business. Children who weightlift for money episode. I don't think that was one of his suggestions, but I think we should do it anyway. He says, simply replace the X with your main topic and adjust to make the episode title make sense. So what is what is our what is our podcast about? Our our, our podcast? 
Yeah, what's our main, what's our overall podcast theme or idea? Smart, smart comedy. Oh, hashtag smart comedy. Yeah. Okay, well let's, <laughs> every time there's an X in this article, I will replace it with hashtag smart comedy. Okay, so I'm just going to jump around. I'm not going to read them right through. That'll be silly. Um, and if one of us, one of them strikes our fancy, maybe we'll get talking about it. But let's see. Let's see what some of these suggestions are. Um, oh, number three. The harsh reality about hashtag smart comedy. Um, the, the harsh reality? The harsh reality about hashtag smart comedy. I mean... Is there a reality about smart tags? Tag? I think the harshest reality is that it's a huge market that's not being filled. There are very few shows that would classify as hashtag smart comedy. I, I think the, yeah, I, I would agree, but in the more pessimistic way. I mean, I guess it's glass half full, half empty. Because I think you could say is that there is no reality about hashtag smart comedy. I mean, it's not, at least not yet. Ooh, I love it. Well, we're slowly crafting the reality. We are the spiders of the hashtag smart comedy reality. Weaving the web. On the web. And, and we're catching people that we eat in the web and, Ooh. and uh, eating them. All right, number seven. The smart way to hashtag smart comedy without getting overwhelmed. Um, <laughs> How do you not get overwhelmed when hashtag smart comedying? Well, so getting overwhelmed, there's two ways of solving. Well, when you get overwhelmed, you got to take some Xanax. But when you're doing smart comedy, you got to be like alert. So you take some Ritalin. And then you just kind of do both as you need to reach that equilibrium to be smart, but also comedy. <laughs> so, so you're you're the um, you know, t drink alcohol and chug Red Bull at the same time type of person. As long as it'll keep you completely well, level, like you're not doing anything. No, no. So, I, kind of. So not at the same time. First, you gotta chug the alcohol, or you know, take 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 a note of your base state. Then you gotta offset your base state with one of those to you know reach the middle. And then if you if you kind of go over one point, you gotta you know do the opposite to get back to the the middle point. It's like a balancing hmm. act. Interesting. So the harshest reality about hashtag smart comedy is that there's so much graphing and math involved. Uh, well, a lot of Excel spreadsheets I make. Uh, p p pivot tables, a few pivot pivot charts, and uh, I even made a database for for one of these things. You made a database? Yeah, but it it plays into these the pivot table, so I can't really like brag too much. About uh oh, that. we're getting into pivot tables. Yeah. Number fifteen: What to do when you lose momentum with hashtag smart comedy? Th th these these topics are kind of strange because it it sounds like. Uh, well, like, like we're talking about like a product that we don't really believe in, like, well, you know what I mean? Like, Listen, Nate. Okay, I don't appreciate that. There is nothing in this world that I believe in more than hashtag smart comedy. Hashtag smart comedy is the number one thing in my entire life 
I would quit my job. I would slaughter my family before I would give up on hashtag smart comedy. So for you to say that I'm not taking this seriously is not only offensive to me as a person, but to my entire life, to everything that I live for and believe in. And what I do when I lose momentum with hashtag smart comedy is I completely pivot to something way funnier. Like what my day job has taught me about hashtag smart comedy. <laughs> that, that was great. I love that. I love that. Uh, I'm going to go with that answer. I, I like that answer. So what has your day job taught you about hashtag smart comedy? Um, it's taught me that planning ahead is the best way to achieve a punchline. Ah, I see. So you come up with the punchline first and then find a way to build up to it. Yeah, so sometimes I come up with the, the pun. Like, like I come up with a pun, but the pun's not really useful in any everyday circumstance. So I create a circumstance in which the pun is useful. But the pun has to be somewhat clever. Like, uh, I don't know, like, dog kind of sounds like frog. And so, like, uh, a, a drug. And, you know. Ah, I see. So association. But then you have to get the frog and the dog in a story together where you can, like, kind of mix them up and it's like, yeah, the frog. <laughs> and that is smart comedy right there. Uh, how about you, Steve? How do you do that question? <laughs> you don't even remember what the question was. It was question 20. What my day job taught me about hashtag smart comedy. It's a great question. <laughs> What my day job has taught me about hashtag smart comedy is how to use my voice more than anything. I do a lot of talking on the phone, and through doing so, you don't have your your physical reactions and your facial expressions and your body language and your sex appeal to go with. All you have is your voice. You have to get across the things that you want to say through your body, through your face, through your sex appeal all with just your voice and i think it's a beautiful thing i think it's a great way to go about creating this aura of who you are on a podcast using only your voice and it really leads to smart comedy in the long run hmm. it's kind of interesting that uh, the thing i pick is like my brain and then you think the thing you pick is like your your your, your uh, physicality it's hmm. like like hmm. a david and goliath story um, I'm David. I mean, I guess, I guess I'm big, big muscular. Well, actually, was Goliath muscular or was he just tall? Um, he was a giant. He was just a large, large man. I would assume that means he is also very strong. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm pre I'm pretty strong, so that makes sense. So, I, I think we should I think we should now pivot. We've made it to to number twenty five. Um, which I will read before we pivot, and then we'll we'll do a quick switch. So number twenty-five: How to handle negativity slash critics in your life. How do you handle negativity and critics, Nate? What, um, what about when somebody let let's let's take those a little separate because they are pretty separate. I don't know how why you would include those as the same. I think that's very um, that's very misleading to say that all critics are negative or all negativity is critic. Um, so let's start with negativity. How do you handle negativity in your life? So I'm going to double back on your separation there. Cause I, I think 
they for, for at least for me they're handled by the same methodology. Ah. So, so for for me, for, for me the question is: Is this criticism? Is this negativity valid? What purpose is it serving? And what purpose could this have in my life? So, th- there's a chance that someone's just being a jerk, and they're being a jerk just to be a jerk. But there's also the chance that someone has a point, and that point might actually help you out. And, it, you know, there's confirmation bias, and there is those uh, cognitive biases. That's another episode. But that, that can interfere with your thinking and your beliefs and everything and how you perceive different aspects of whatever you're promo- whatever you're doing. But it, it's like, the question is, is what does what do they have a point? Is what they're saying making sense? And so something that could actually help me. Because a, a lot of times people might tell you that something is bad with yourself. And it might feel like, oh man, the person's just being a jerk. But maybe they're not being a jerk. Maybe they actually have a point. Maybe they're telling you the truth and you don't like the truth because it hurts. It's like uh, you've been in the dark for too long. And now that the person's, you know, uh, now that the person's pulled the blinds, your your eyes are just adjusting to the light, and it hurts. You see, but there's also a chance the person is just a jerk, and you know. So you have to use, I think, rationality to figure out what this negativity, what this criticism means, and how you can go forward. And, and you can approach it any way you want. It could be the case that the criticism is something you don't really care about. So maybe that maybe you're making some kind of pasta, and the person says oh, you shouldn't do that way because that way it's not going to taste that great. It's, gonna, it's much better if you do it this way. But you think the way you do it's fine? Yeah, yeah. you can admit it tastes better, you know, rationally. Like they, they even show you make it for you. It tastes a little bit better. But the way you, you do it's fine and it takes a little bit less time or maybe whatever. You can make that decision. But you can analyze and kind of make that decision for yourself whether it's worth it to take that criticism or not. Cut the negativity out if it's just bullying or people being mean. But the important thing is you gotta figure out if it's bullying or just being mean. Because uh, like a lot of these memes about like, uh, like oh, just ignore people, be you, and be great. Because m- maybe you're not great. Maybe the person's just telling you that you know what's obvious to everyone else. Maybe you think you can come up with some idea and some su- some idea that will revolutionize the world. But maybe the person tells you no, you're stupid. Sorry, stop, stop. And you should listen to them. But if that person's just being a jerk and this, they're so, you know, really jealous of your ambition, then in that case, you know, block them on Facebook, block them on Messenger, block them on text. You know, stop talking to them. You know, get them out. Or don't talk about that thing with them because it's not going to help you. It's just going to, this is their personal thing interfering with yours. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I like it. I want to continue reading we're a quarter of the way through them um i think we should pivot from smart comedy to talking about um cocaine Ooh, cocaine uh it's, is this like the uh, energy drink or the the drug or like uh the metaphor of cocaine in the modern life uh the drugs oh okay so let's uh, let's start right out. I will replace cocaine with I will replace all the X's with cocaine. Um, so, how to start saying no to achieve more with cocaine? So I how I would take how I would suggest 
that is saying no to doing the cocaine so that you can achieve more by selling the cocaine. It's really going to give a boost to your popularity and, of course, your bank account and your connections. Who doesn't want to be completely connected in the in the, the dark, seedy underbelly of the underground world of cocaine? Um, and eventually, maybe you'll even get to selling cocaina. Hmm. I mean, speaking of seeds, there's that parable about the farmer not selling their seed crop because, you know, they, they starve or they have less of a crop in the future. And I think maybe with cocaine, saying no to doing it and selling it might actually net you more cocaine in the future, which will oh. help you be more productive in the future. I love it. I love it. So say no now so you can do more with cocaine in the future. That's beautiful, yeah. Nate. Number 23, why you need to unplug from the web and how it helps with cocaine. See, un sometimes we can get so caught up in in the web, in the internet, in in our phones. It, it's all around us. It surrounds us. It's. I can't imagine doing my job without the internet. I can't imagine coming home and... and and keeping up with social media, keeping up with, with everybody that I know, with this podcast, without the web. But sometimes it's so important to just put it all away for a moment and have a human interaction with the person next to you. Not saying that this is a necessity. If you're happy the way you are, keep doing what you're doing. But I find some huge uh, gratif gratification from unplugging sometimes and, and connecting with the people around me. It's something that you can't get the same way from the web um there are ways to of course connect with people to the web with webcams and all that jazz but of course i'm talking about cocaine and yeah that... and you can't do cocaine through the web you have you have to have to have to be in person to do cocaine yeah i would agree that that physical connection is very important it's like i i am strangely the kind of person who doesn't like scheduling appointments like over the phone or through the web, it's like uh, if I need a doctor's appointment, I'll go into the doctor's office and schedule an appointment. If I need my car fixed or whatever, I'll go into the, the mechanic's place and you know talk to them. I, I don't actually you know d do it virtually or over the lines of wires and stuff. So I definitely think that connection is important, and there's no better connection between you and cocaine, you know, through like a you know, like a a rolled up dollar bill and your nose nate come on you're giving awful advice to our listeners okay if you're going to do cocaine it needs to be a hundred a hundred get classy brother you're not using ones for cocaine <sighs> I, i've been too cheap you're right number 35 everyone starts at zero motivate listeners to get started with cocaine <laughs> We all start somewhere, right? We all start at zero. We all start at the bottom, and we work our way up. So start with start with pot. What what better gateway drug than marijuana than the good old Mary Jane? Lucy in the sky with diamonds is a great next step. Sometimes LSD is helpful for expanding your mind and realizing that the government is a sham and that you're being completely controlled by everybody around you. And then you can get on cocaine and do something about it. 
It's time to start the process. You can make it to cocaine, but you need to start with pot, get your connections, and work your way towards cocaine. You don't go to your pot dealer and say, hey, you got any coke? You kind of hint about it. Maybe you touch your nose a little bit. Maybe you bring him some flour and say, hey, I was, look at all of this, white in a bag, and just see what happens. But it's time to get started with cocaine. Uh, as a little tip for people trying to get started, a way to know if somebody is into cocaine is you know, f- find your pot dealer, right? And get to know them a little bit. And try to get to know some other dealers. And the one who sells cocaine and who uses cocaine, you'll, you'll find out pretty quickly because they always have a little sniff on one side of their nose. They'll always be slightly running and they'll always be going... <laughs> if, if they're sniffing, it's time to make a purchase. I ask them if they have allergies. And not, no. no, no. Allergies are a myth. Allergies are what the code word for cocaine. Number 44. Cocaine on a budget. Nate, you're a huge budgeter. You, you have spreadsheets. You have programs. Uh, and it's something you think about a lot. You have different year plans. One year, five year, ten year plans. With your budget. How does cocaine fit into that? So, if someone's wanting to get into cocaine on a budget, uh, I think they have to know a little, little bit, a little bit about chemistry. So chemically, the way that drugs often work is that uh, some drugs they they need a binder. So essentially, they don't stick to each other, like the molecules, and they kind of slide off each other. So it's like a fine, fine powder, and cocaine is actually like that. So it's a fine, fine powder. And actually, a lot of things are like that. So aspirin would be a fine, fine powder, but they combine it with stuff to make it like a pill and like a, a solid form. Um, actually, ecstasy, uh, or rather MDMA, is the, the pure fine powder form. So it doesn't bind to itself, so it's, it's, in, it's a powder form. But then when they press it into a pill, what they do is to combine it with caffeine and aspirin and other things, and they actually get it to combine to itself. And so, so it's, the MDMA, it's the MDMA plus other stuff. Now, what's interesting is with cocaine, they're looking for a binder. That way you could smoke it, and that way you can do it other ways. And they actually found one. Uh, I think it's in the 80s or, not, or something. And that binder actually made something which is uh, actually cheap and a great way to get cocaine. It's actually chemically the same, it's just a different pathway. It's going in through your, through your lungs. And get, get the high cocaine with a cheap price and that solution is crack ah so cocaine on a budget your suggestion is crack yep crack you've heard it here first kids crack is the way to go if you're on a budget if you're on a budget if, you don't, if you're not on a budget then you know get, get cocaine get, get, co- get cocaine treat yourself get the real stuff but crack is a good alternative if you're on a budget it affects you differently, but uh, it's the same thing chemically, so there's that. Number 46. Can I really make a living with cocaine? Yeah. Number 47. How to get cocaine clients? Uh, just tell them that you're selling cocaine and the word will spread. Great places to pick up clients. People, what, 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 are, what are cocaine clients looking for? They're looking for an up, right? They're looking for a way to focus. They're looking to get shit done. 
they're looking for a good time. I'd say coffee shops, great place. Uh, libraries, people are going to the library. You know why? Because they wanna they wanna learn. They wanna expand their horizons. You know what else expands your horizons? Snorting coke up your nose. Another great place, the DMV. Everyone's standing around. No one, no one's getting anything done. Where they're all like, man, I wish that this would go faster. You know what makes things go faster? A little bit of cocaine in your nose. Um, strip clubs. That that's that's a lot of cocaine going on there. Strip clubs. Not a good place to get clients, Nate. You know why? Because it's already there. There's already somebody selling at the strip club. You're stomping on their territory. You're going to get stomped on your face. Don't sell cocaine at strip clubs. Outside strip clubs, great place to. Great place to sell cocaine. Okay, I I can see that point. You are completely right. And number 50, the final one that we're going to talk about here today. This will be a two-part episode. I'm just letting everybody know, including you, Nate. The fear of success. Tell me about that, Nate. Are you afraid of success? Um, kind of. I mean, it's not really a fear, but it's more a contemplation of the negative aspects of success. Because with success comes more responsibility. And more responsibility just means we're dealing with more, more shit, of course. Uh, it, it's like, you can be like a really great parent, and uh, you could be a successful parent. So a parent who takes care of the kid, the kid really well, the kid is awesome, blah, blah, blah. But that's a lot of time. That's a lot of effort. And that's a lot of responsibility. And so there, there's actually a fear in being a great parent, I guess. That's what I'm saying, or a successful parent, in that it's like, am I really going to spend all this fucking time doing this? It's, it, like, the fear is that you want to be the successful parent. <laughs> Do I really have to spend all this fucking time on my kid? <laughs> but but the, but the fear is, like, if you don't do that, you're going to fuck your kid up, right? Oh, boy. So, so it's like the fear motivates you to success, but the fear of success is that you will be a failure in every other aspect of your life. Ah, so the fear of success is actually the fear of failure. Uh, yes. Interesting, interesting. But, but was the question how to deal with that, or? No, no the, it was just the fear of success. What about that you reach what you were considering to be success, but it wasn't what you thought it was, and it lets you down? Or you get to success, and then where do you go? You just devoted all this time and energy into accomplishing this task. You made it. Now what? What's your life about? And what I have to say to that is there's always cocaine. (laughs) This has been Hashtag Smart Comedy. We need to talk. You like that episode, huh? I think it started out kind of, kind of, uh, kind of, kind of iffy, but then it got better as it went on. Once I brought cocaine in, <laughs> got way better.
I, I thought before cake so I, I thought like the first maybe five ten minutes was like eh but then it started getting good and then the cocaine just made everything great <laughs> as it does all right so we're gonna do two two parts yeah um there's 50 